0: so, Father, we thank you that you have given us emotions. Um, they've given us good emotions, and you've given us difficult emotions. And, Father, as we uh, just continue to look at our emotional world, we pray that you would continue to lead us towards a place of healing when it comes to those hurts and wounds in those difficult areas of our lives. And, God, we pray as well that you would set us free into deeper areas of joy and laughter and all those wonderful, fun emotions that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, last week, we began to talk uh, specifically on the subject of dealing with difficult emotions and how to work through those difficult emotions. And we, we used the, the idea of a school bus, where we are uh, meant to be the driver of, that, driver of that school bus. Our Holy Spirit-led self, our Spirit-led self, needs to be the driver of our school bus. And behind us, in all those seats... Is basically, if you think of a bunch of little kids, they're all our our emotions. And we have behind us, as we're driving the bus, we have emotions of joy and happiness and wonder and thrill and excitement, but we also have behind us little kids of of sadness and and maybe anxiety or fear or struggle or whatever it might be. So we have all these emotions in our life. We're to be leading our life through our core self, our Holy Spirit-led self, um, but there are two unhealthy ways to drive that bus. And one of those ways, as we talked about last week, is that we, we ignore all the emotions behind us. We just end up uh, performing and striving and just grunting through life, and yet we have sadness or anger or you know, frustration or even happiness and behind us crying out, and, and we ignore them. And we're maybe because we, want, we don't want to deal with our difficult emotions or deal with hurts from our childhood. We just, we just ignore those emotions. But as we've talked about and research has proven that if you suppress your difficult emotions, they only get stronger. And they will pop out in different ways, in negative ways that will end up hurting you and your relationships and others. And so we don't want to be people who ignore those difficult emotions And the other unhealthy way that we talked about is when we let all those emotions, we let all those kids take over the bus, and they start climbing on our lap and grabbing the steering wheel and honking the horn, and and we eventually go, this is impossible, and we give up, and we go, you know, go, you know, take a nap in the back seat, and all the little your difficult emotions are driving your bus, and this is when we're overwhelmed, and uh, our emotions are completely controlling us, and we, we can't handle life, and that's another unhealthy way. To handle our emotions. And so we talked about the, the healthy way is to learn to have a Jesus-like compassion on our difficult emotions. Uh, just as Jesus in Matthew 9, when it says, he, when He saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And sometimes we have these kind of emotions in our life that are, are like sheep without a shepherd. They're, they're confused, they're helpless, they're sad, they're broken, they're angry, they're frustrated, they're, they're crying out. And instead of ignoring them or allowing to take them to take over, we show those difficult emotions a Jesus-like compassion. And so we looked at the picture of getting up from the driver's seat and going back and sitting down with that emotion, and and holding that emotion on her knee, just as Jesus brought the little children onto his lap, and and just to hold those emotions, and to listen, and to be curious about those emotions. And so we looked at kind of a five-step process of dealing with difficult emotions. There are other ways, other processes you can do, do, but this is just one. And we talked about just becoming aware of that difficult emotion. Sometimes it's quite easy to find that difficult emotion, sometimes it's very hidden, and then you want to create a safe, non-judgmental space for this emotion. We're going to talk about that briefly again. And then you extend a Jesus-like compassion towards that emotion. And then you want to ask questions, listen, and be curious. You want to try to just let this emotion speak for itself. You know, what is going on? Where did this hurt begin? And how was your last week going to really have a Jesus-like compassion? Love that difficult emotion as much as you might want to run from it. And then you want to invite Jesus as well to come and care for this emotion. And just as you picture yourself going and holding that emotion, you can picture Jesus, Father, the, the, the Holy Spirit coming and holding that emotion too and just caring and loving on that difficult emotion. And so it's very important, again, that we are curious about our emotions. Again, sometimes we want to ignore it and push it away and hoping that if we just ignore it long enough, it'll go away. But again, that just makes things worse. Uh, that we don't want to run from challenging aspects of ourselves. If you want to live free, then you have to face the pain within. If you really want to be free in your life and free in your faith, you have to face those difficult emotions. You can't just keep pushing them away and ignoring them. And when you are curious about your emotions, it is amazing how much you will begin to grow. It is amazing how much you will actually learn about yourself. It is amazing how you can move from being quite emotionally immature to a place of emotional maturity. And so sometimes when you're curious, and again, you provide that safe spot for your emotions, you listen, you're curious, you ask questions, you might discover for things like this, that maybe the anger within you that you keep trying to push away is actually just saying that you need to set healthy boundaries, then maybe you find yourself saying yes too often and, and you find yourself being used by people and, and you, you find this, this anger inside because it's actually telling you you need to be better at boundaries. Or maybe your sadness is telling you that there's a wound that, that, that needs healing. Or maybe your jealousy is highlighting a need for self-confidence. Or maybe that envy you feel is because of a desire you've been afraid to explore in, in your own life so you're jealous of other people but, but you're envious because maybe you're scared to explore that. Maybe your guilt, when you're curious, you realize that you need to have a conversation with somebody, and, and because there needs to be some forgiveness flowing there. Maybe your anxiety is, is you realize if you're curious and you provide that safe space and you allow that anxiety to speak, that, that anxiety will begin to tell you that, that you're just living in performance and striving mode, and so you're constantly just on. Maybe as you give that safe space to discuss, you will find an unexplored hurt, or, or maybe your sorrow will be just this beautiful reminder of a, a genuine connection that is, that is now lost. And so, again, uh, it is very, very important that you ask questions, you dig as deep as you can into the roots of, of those difficult emotions, because that leads to, to healing and to invite God into the process. Andrew Matthews says, all emotions are just simply, uh, all emotions are just simple taste buds of life. They tell us about the flavor of our lives. But not only that, they also tell us what is and what is not working for us. And they inform us of the deeper unresolved issues in our lives. And again, why, one of the reasons a lot of people don't feel really free is because they have never actually provided that safe space and dug deeply into their emotions. And so they always feel like they're trapped or there's this this burden that they can't get rid of. And and so again, to explore these emotions is very, very healthy. And again, uh, I want to reiterate this because this can be very hard to actually provide a non-judgmental, non-shaming place for our difficult emotions. I mean, Jesus, it talks about how He went and hung around tax collectors and sinners. And sometimes we, we look at those difficult emotions in them, and we, and we think they're like the tax collectors and sinners, and we don't want to hang around with them, and we don't want to chat with them. But, but Jesus hung around with tax collectors and sinners, and there's this call for us to have this, 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 this Jesus-like meal, if you will, with our difficult emotions. And if you roll back to our very first sermon in this series, we looked at the Psalms, And again, the Psalms remind us that it is very good for us to provide a safe place for us to release emotions. And that's what the Psalms teach us, that raw emotions are okay, and it's okay to explore them them and be very honest with them. And so again, if we we look at the Psalms, they give us an example of someone kind of exploring their emotions, they're they're releasing their emotions as they write out these Psalms. And again, it's a very healthy way to release emotion, to, to write, to journal, to, to get them on paper. So you see this this psalmist being providing, if you will, a non-shaming, non-judgmental place for their emotions. And again, you see in the psalms that, that sometimes the psalms are writing things that are completely theologically incorrect. They're writing things that are heretical. They're, they're writing things that are, that are wrong in the bigger picture, but they're just releasing emotions. And the psalms say, that is okay because we need to do that. So just some examples, again, of this this non-shaming, non-judgmental place for emotions. Here's here's one psalm in Psalm 35. He's just, just exploring his emotions, and he writes, they accuse me of crimes I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good. I am sick with despair. Yet when they were ill, I grieved for them. I died not denied myself by fasting for them, but my prayers returned unanswered. I was sad as though they were my friends or family, as if I were grieving for my own mother. But they are glad now that I am in trouble." They gleefully join together against me. Again, he's just releasing this frustration over these people. I'm attacked by people. I don't even know. They slander me constantly. They mock me and call me names. They snarl at me. How long, O Lord, will you look on and do nothing? I mean, just just releasing his feelings. He's exploring that emotion. And, and, And this is the Psalms. This is in our Bible. Again, this was Jesus' favorite book of the Bible, the most quoted book in the New Testament is the Psalms. We Again, we looked at things like this in Psalm 37. Again, a non-shaming, non-judgmental place to release emotion in a healthy way. Not good to release it in an unhealthy way, but again, I mean, this is just doesn't line up with Jesus. This doesn't doesn't line up with, you know, the kingdom, but this lines up with expressing emotion. In Psalm 137, O Babylon, <laughs> You will be destroyed. Happy is the one who pays you back for what you have done to us. Happy is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. Again, it's not like, you know, a comfy little Jesus, little verse there. This, but this is this person just being curious, and this is how they're feeling, and to get those emotions on page so you can invite Jesus into them and, and bring healing, again, it is so important that we allow ourselves to do this, because most people, when they have feelings like this, just want to get, they're going to hide it, they're going to stomp on it and not listen to it. Again, when you step on those emotions, they just will pop up, up in other places. So this non-shaming, non-judgmental place to explore your emotions, or Psalm 22. And this, this is how the psalmist was feeling. We know this is not theologically correct, but again, it's this, this safe place to release emotion. The psalmist writes, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, I, but I find no relief. That's how the psalmist is feeling releasing that emotion, just getting out, be curious about it. And interestingly enough, I mean, we read that and we might be scared of it, but this is the exact psalm that Jesus quoted on the cross, that Jesus himself on the cross cried out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? God never abandoned him. I mean, you can't split up the Trinity. I mean, God is always perfectly present with us and with Jesus, but that's how he was feeling in his emotional world at the time. And he just, he was free to express that publicly, and so too, we need to learn that even though we know God will not abandon it, if we're feeling abandoned, that it's okay to express that and it's okay to express that in a safe spot and we need to make sure, if you go back to our spiritual bypassing sermon, that when someone does express that, we don't just slam them with, you know, that was theologically incorrect. How dare you say that? I mean, Jesus quoted this. Again, Jesus was very free and gives us an example. The Psalms give us permission to express emotion in a healthy way. Or Psalm 88 he says, I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger, talking to God, weighs me down with wave after wave. You have engulfed me, Oh Lord. Why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? Now, we know that's not theologically correct, but that's how the psalmist was feeling that's the emotion that they were experiencing. And again, when you get that out on page, and again, we talked about writing your own psalm or learning how to do this to express what is going on. But it's there when you're actually honest that Jesus can come in and bring this beautiful healing. So again, we have this example in the Bible. It's funny, you just go to a few psalms down the road and then we, we see you know, something more correct where it says the Lord will not reject his people. He will not abandon his special possession. And, but there are times when maybe we do feel abandoned. And that's okay. Again, the Psalms give us permission. So if anything, just learn when you have emotion, just, you can just say, I'm going to provide this emotion with a non-judgmental, non-shaming period of time where I'm just going to step and listen and to be curious. Very, very healthy, very, very biblical. can be very, very scary, but it's very, very good. So after listening to and releasing your emotions, uh, there are times when you need to gently bring in the truth. Because our emotions don't always tell the truth. I mean, sometimes our emotions are absolutely based in reality. I mean, your emotions are based on a real thing that has really happened. It's completely true. And your emotions completely line up with that. Sometimes our emotions are based on, on fears. They're not based on real reality. They're based on something that's not actually happening. And just said some of these psalms where they're, you know, God, why have you abandoned me? That's, that's not reality, but that's how they're feeling, And so after you provide this this place for your emotions to to speak and you care for them and you provide this Jesus-like compassion on them, you listen to them, there comes a time where you just need to say to your emotion, now listen, and you gently bring in in the truth of the reality. So again, uh, you may feel like God has forsaken you. I mean, Jesus felt that way. Again, it's not bad to feel that way. We may feel that way, but you may have to gently bring in to the, the truth because the truth is He will never abandon you. The truth is in Acts 17, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, whether you've prayed a prayer or not, God is present with you. It says, He is not far from any one of us. For in Him we live and move and exist. The the presence of God is with every single person. We don't always recognize it or acknowledge that. Uh, but, But again, if our emotion is saying I've been abandoned, my emotion is saying that God's not there for me, we listen to that emotion, we may write it out, and then we just say, you know what? The reality is, God is there. The reality is he will never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. I mean, you may feel like God does not love you. And sometimes we may feel like that, but the truth is he does. And so after listening to that emotion, and maybe journaling that emotion, of just allowing that emotion to be released, we bring in the truth, and, and maybe we, we remind ourselves of John 59, where Jesus says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, that the same love that flows from the Father to Jesus is the same love that is flowing from the triune God to you. And we gently remind ourselves of the truth. Or you may feel like God is not pleased with you, and sometimes we are. Sometimes we go, you know, I messed up this week, so God must be really unhappy with me. Or, you know, we get back into works mode, to religious mode, thinking that we have to do things to earn God's love, to have to follow all the right rules in order to receive grace from God. And, and sometimes we feel like that, and it creates chaos in our life, and, and, and we release that emotion. But then there's a time when we gently hold that emotion and say, you know, let me just tell you the truth. Truth is that God decided in advance to adopt you into his own family, by bringing you to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure, that God was pleased with you before you were even born, and and that can't be taken away. Uh, And maybe you remind yourself of of Zephaniah 3.17, where it says that God rejoices over you with joyful songs, no matter where you are at in your life. I mean, it's about grace, not about works. It's about a relationship, not about religion. And, And there are times we need to remind our emotions, Of the truth, after that is released, and then there comes a place where we need to uh, just to to uh, to unburden that emotion, because it's very difficult to walk around constantly with that emotion just pulling the life out of you, and pulling you down. And yes, you need to go in, explore that emotion. Bring in truth if, if necessary, but there also comes a place where you just need to unburden that emotion, even if it is for five minutes or half an hour or an hour or maybe longer. The reality is we're all called actually to carry burdens, and sometimes we, we just wish that we could live a life that was burden-free, and it's just impossible <laughs> in this world. I mean, it talks about we're, we're to share each other's burdens, which means we are to carry burdens, but, but we're not designed to carry super heavy burdens for a long time. I mean, this is clear when Jesus gives this call. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. In other words, this is not the way you were meant to live. Burdened down and weighed down. Jesus says, if that is, that is you, come to me, come to me, and I will give you rest, and I'm going to take that heavy burden, I'm going to lift it off you, and I'm going to give you my yoke, he says, which, which is light and easy, but... You know, there's still burdens in this world, but again, when those emotions begin to burden us down and weigh us down, there comes a time when we need to unburden that emotion. As it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for He cares about you, that He doesn't want you to carry it. And sometimes we just, we hold on to it and we carry it and instead of releasing that over to God. In John 16, it says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. It's true. Life is not easy. Uh, You explore your own life for a little while. You realize it's tough. You actually are in community with real people. You realize there's a lot of difficulty and struggle. I mean, life can be (laughs) very hard at times, and and that's when our difficult emotions begin to cry out and and shout out. And and, and so we understand when Jesus says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but but we we don't want to get stuck there. We don't want that to define our lives. And some you can, you can end up in a place where sorrow is your definition. But again, Jesus invites you out of this life of burden into a place of unburdening. But take heart, he says, because I have overcome the world. And so this is a process with our emotions. We explore our emotions in that world of sorrow, and they're burdened, and we dig down, we're curious about them, and then there comes a place where we need to just remind that emotion, that Jesus has overcome the world. And he is in you, he's around you, that you are not defined by your sin, you're defined, you are a saint, you're not defined by, you know, your difficult emotions, you're defined by, as Jesus calls it, you're, you're an overcomer, it says in Romans. And so we want to live into that by unburdening our emotions. And, and sometimes it's going to be very hard, There's this aspect of unburdening, because, I mean, sometimes just the thought of living in a way where we're unburdened from those difficult emotions can be really scary. It can be scary because we fear abandonment. You know, if I really begin to explore that emotion and I begin to talk to people about it, then those people who really care about me, they'll leave me. I'm gonna be abandoned. If they really knew who I was, you know, if God really knew who I was, I'll be abandoned. And it causes this fear and it causes you to, to hide your emotions again because you fear abandonment, but you'll never be unburdened that way. Again, you have to get over that fear of abandonment, and, and people often, I mean, they love you far more than sometimes we realize. It can be the fear of becoming well. I mean, sometimes we are so defined by our burdens and our difficult emotions that just thinking about actually being happy, <laughs> thinking about not being anxious, thinking about not being sad, is such a scary thing that, that, we're just, that we just shrink back in, into that difficult emotion and just want to stay there can become a fear of, of becoming well. It might be the fear that my memory of a loved one will fade. You know, if I, I begin to, to heal from my grief, that there's this fear that my, my memory is going to fade, but it'll never fade. It just becomes more beautiful in a different way. So there'll be a lot of fears about actually unburdening, but, but Jesus said, I've come to set you free. The truth will set you free. He's come to un- unburden. And so some, some ways that you can use just to help unburden. Again, you want to explore that emotion, be curious, invite Jesus into that emotion, care for that emotion. Uh, and so you can use this phrase, like uh, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And this is where you can use your God-given imagination. And some people will just picture themselves taking that, those difficult emotions and put the, putting them in a bottle and just tossing that bottle over to God as a way to unburden, as a way to release, just handing that over over to God. That may be a picture you can use in your God-given imagination. Some people use the the idea of removing a layer of clothing, as Ephesians 4 says. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self. And, And so, you can just picture that, that difficult emotion, just being, taking it off and just, just leaving it behind in God's hands as a way to, to unburden. Uh, some people like the idea of, of water or rain, as in Hosea 6, where it says, he will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains, the rains that water the earth. And, and to picture yourself in, in those difficult emotions, just allowing the water of God to wash over you. And to cleanse you from those difficult emotions. Just giving you a moment of freedom and a moment of life. Uh, you can use the idea of Isaiah 53 where it says, By the wounds of Jesus we are healed. And in your, mem- in, in your imagination you can picture you know, Jesus touching you and just absorbing that difficult emotion. Uh, Jesus holding you and and absorbing that into his being because he says, cast your cares on me. And so uh, entering a place where you just release. And sometimes if that emotion is really difficult, you may only find release for a few moments. And uh, sometimes if you're well along into healing, you'll find you'll be able to unburden for days. And hopefully that'll just become more and more of of the process. And so uh, like we did last week, we're just gonna finish with uh, just a little exercise as we work through this. And so I just invite you to, to close your eyes, and again, just to pick uh, just a difficult emotion that you're dealing with. You may not want to pick the most difficult, uh, because this will be just a a short run-through, but pick a a difficult emotion. And then you want to just to create in in yourself a safe, non-judgmental, non-shaming spot to meet with this emotion. You can picture yourself taking this emotion into your lap. You can picture you know, sitting down at a table with this emotion. And if you feel, hear any voices of shame from other emotions, any voices of, of judgment, just, just push those away. This is a non-shaming, non-judgmental space to meet with this emotion. And just have a Jesus-like compassion. Just as you would picture Jesus looking at someone who, who is hurting, just have that same kind of compassion towards that emotion. I need to take a moment just to begin to ask maybe questions of, of that emotion. How, how are you doing today? how how's your week gone you know what what have you experienced that has triggered triggered triggers you I can ask your emotion if, if if there's anything that emotion just wants to let you know Anything that that emotion, there's an area, maybe that emotion just wants to be seen and heard. Just allow that emotion to, to speak to you. And He want to invite Jesus into this scene. The Father, the Holy Spirit. And you can see them coming to that table, coming to that seat, and they just have love in their eyes and grace in their eyes, life and freedom in their eyes, and just allow the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to have compassion on that emotion. is there anything that the Father wants to say to that emotion? Is there Something that the Father would like to say to that emotion? As you are there and your emotion there and Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are there, just, just ask God, God, is there a lie I am believing that Something that's not true at the base of this emotion. And if there is a lie there, then just ask God, God, what is the truth? What truth do you want this emotion to know? may you just want to take a moment to unburden. May you just picture the water of the love of God washing over you. May you picture Jesus touching you and absorbing the weight of that pain. May you picture casting your cares upon Him. Allowing the love of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to saturate that moment. And then just respond in a prayer to seal what God has been doing.